Tell me, has Matt Canada been fired yet? Has Keith Butler retired yet? If the answer to both of those questions is no, then it's already taking way too long. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Mike Tomlin will have his season-ending press conference today at noon. In that press conference, if precedent holds, he will share next to nothing as it relates to the status of any of his coaches. And that includes, of course, the coordinators. His M.O., and take this for what it's worth, has been to have the press conference first and then make all the moves afterward, in which case, of course, you know, he doesn't have to answer any unseemly questions on those subjects. Be that as it may, these things need to happen quickly. Across professional sports, assistant coaches, almost all of whom work on one-year maximum, two-year contracts, are informed right after a season ends if they're wanted back. The reason for that is that it's seen as a professional courtesy to allow those individuals as much opportunity as possible to get out into the open market and let people know that they're available before the other musical chairs start getting filled. So we're likely looking at Tomlin gets done speaking today and probably around one o'clock or two o'clock or something like that, you're going to start seeing moves. I might be exaggerating here, but it's not far from that. That's the way these things tend to play out. Now, with Butler, it'll be a little different. Uh, Butler, in all likelihood, and according to everything that I've heard from the inside, is going to retire. And not the faux retirement that the Steelers assigned to Bruce Arians infamously a few years back, but a real retirement. Uh, Anyone who knows Coach Butler knows that he's not exactly the BS artist type. He's not going to stand there and be anybody's stooge and go through some kind of charade and then go sign with another team in another month or two. Not going to happen. If he says he's retiring, he's going to retire. I expect that to happen sooner rather than later. And in his case, I expect it so that the Steelers can make their own move, whether that's gasp looking to the outside or simply promoting Terrell Austin from within. And let's remember here that Austin was hired as secondary coach with an understanding, even at the time of his arrival, that he was kind of a DC in waiting. It's a job he's done before in the NFL. He's been in the league in this capacity or similar capacity for 15 years, knows what he's doing. And all of that just seems way too logical and predictable for it to not happen. But Canada, uh uh-uh. This, this has to be different. 
This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Canada is not going to be retiring, obviously. Canada's not going to resign. Canada has to be fired. Canada's ineptitude, not that anyone needs me to revisit all this stuff, but the whole thing can be condensed to a single miserable statistic, and that is that over the Steelers' final nine games, in the first quarter, they totaled three field goals. Over nine games, zero touchdowns, three field goals, all spread out, by the way. None of those field goals shared space with another field goal in a game. That's instantly fireable. I don't care what kind of offensive line you have. I don't care what other issues, real or perceived, there are attached to this offense. This guy was awful. And if you don't believe me, give a good listen to what Deontay Johnson had to say to us yesterday. Uh, it was times, you know, like where we would see certain stuff out there that we would see, and, you know, we just felt like certain stuff wasn't going our way at times, you know. But at the end of the day, we can just do what the coaches tell us to do. I was, I, although we talk, talk uh, amongst each other about what we see out there, but like I said, we just, like I said, certain things wasn't going our way. Uh, like certain play calls, we we were um certain play calls. We just wasn't um getting that we wanted um to get the offense going. And uh, like I said, we could just only do what we told to do at the end of the day. Now I'm here to tell you that the only difference between what Deontay said in front of an open microphone yesterday and what I've been hearing throughout the season about Canada. Was just that. It's just that it was public. There can't be anybody left in that building on South Water Street who believes in this guy or who even thinks that maybe he'll just get better as he goes or as he gets more adjusted or acclimated to the NFL game. Or if you really want to stretch this, who would just need more of his types of players to adapt to his magnificent 1.7 yards per snap system. There's, if there's anybody over there who does, I don't know of them. Maybe Mike Tomlin does. I don't know. Either way, either way, this process, offensive coordinator needs to be taken out of the head coach's hands. And I can't state that firmly enough. I'm not saying that Art Rooney needs to hire the next coordinator, although there's precedent for that, obviously, with Todd Haley. I am saying that Rooney needs to dictate how this search is conducted, how this hiring is conducted, and from there, what are the rules of play for both coordinators? 
one could safely assume that Tomlin wouldn't intervene much when it comes to offensive play calling. He's a defensive guy. He'd never pretend to be anything other than that. But I sure would like to know that if Tomlin is confident enough to promote Austin, that he'd also be confident enough to, you know, let him actually run the defense. Or we're just going to be getting more of the same. We're just going to be getting more of a head coach essentially promoting puppets so that he can control everything, even if and when it doesn't make sense. That's really the extreme to which this whole dialogue's disintegrated by now. So yeah, I can accept Austin getting promoted from within. I, I can. As long as the owner and the chairman of the Pittsburgh Steelers can state on the record his assurance that the coordinators will be allowed to coordinate. But the other guy, everything about finding and bringing that person in and giving them guarantees, that individual needs to be world-class. Look, if you're going to have a young offense and the Steelers are going to have an even younger one, clearly next year, the last thing you want is a coordinator learning on the job along with them. You need to bring in somebody really good. And, and please spare me this stuff about which coordinator would want to come in and work with this group or, uh, you know, be handcuffed in this way or that way. There are 32 of these jobs on planet Earth. You can always find an ace as long as you do the search properly and set the correct parameter. Only Rooney can ensure that this happens, and it's got to happen like this week. When we come back, just one question. time for just one question and today's comes from Dylan Goodson who asks do you think the Steelers should check out Heinz Ward as an offensive coordinator candidate if he doesn't get one of the head coaching jobs he's supposed to be interviewing for Dylan I could answer this one with a thunderous no and just move on from that but I'll, I'll do you better than that there are a lot of traits that are common among sports fandom. And one of them is that whenever there are coaches, assistant coaches, managerial openings in any sport, fans will gravitate toward names that are familiar to them. And way, way, way more often than not, those names are going to be attached to former players because they knew them and or respected them. Hines obviously was exactly what he was. He was the consummate Pittsburgh Steeler when it comes to being a wide receiver. My respect for Hines, uh, both on and off the field, is through the roof. Loved the guy's play, loved the guy's demeanor. But here's the fact. Hines has yet to be an actual assistant coach of any kind at any level. 
He's held the title of special assistant to the head coach, which is a very Dwight Schrute sounding thing. He's also held the title of special assistant to a positional coach, which is different. It's really the last thing I would do is insult Hines, but it's, it's, it's grunt work that you're asked to do just so that you can be around that positional coach and absorb what it is that they do on a daily basis so that you can understand it. He has yet to do the actual coach thing. He is not in the solar system of being ready for an offensive coordinator's job. Now, did the Houston Texans call him to interview him about their head coaching vacancy? Yes. Did that stun the entire football world? Yes. There's a reason for that, even beyond the fact that it's the Texans doing their kind of thing. It's because they know what his background is in coaching and that it's severely limited. If you look at some of the former players, really highly respected former players who have rotated through the Steelers' own coaching staff here over the years, You can see how long that process is and how they have to work their way up the way Jerry Olsavsky did, the way Carnell Lake did. It takes time. It takes a lot of background, a lot of knowledge. There isn't a single head coach in the NFL, including Mike Tomlin, who has any time or patience for training on the job much less at the OC level. You've got to illustrate to people that you can diagram plays, that you can set up a playbook at an elite level just to get an interview for that job. So it's not like Hines could walk in for an interview and just pop in a tape of all his great plays while he made as a stealer. There's so, so, so much more to that. I I have a feeling that another reason that this sort of thing tends to happen in football more than other sports is because there is a level of football where the name does matter, and that's college football because of recruiting. All assistant coaches, coordinators, and of course the head coach himself are expected to recruit. And if you're a big name, you can be the one who knocks on some five-star kid's front door and guarantees that the parents are going to, you know, have a full-blown dinner ready for you and roll the red carpet out. And if Heinz Ward's recruiting for a college and my kid's one of those recruits, believe me, I'm really happy to see Heinz Ward show up at my door. The NFL, that stuff doesn't matter at all. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We will do another one tomorrow in which we will be discussing the firing of Matt Canada and the retirement of Keith Butler, maybe possibly soon.